Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Merclear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. Hello and welcome back to Therapy and Theology. Today we are going to jump into another topic and discussion really based off of last week's interview with Mark McMinn. If you did not get a chance to listen to that episode, I really want to encourage you to go back and take a listen. We discuss the topic of integration. And although I talk about integration frequently, Mark gives a really great explanation for what that means from an emotional and spiritual context. And we discussed three elements to this model that he wrote about in his book. It is an accurate view of self, our needs, and healing relationships. And so if there's one thing I talk about in therapy, it's going to be one of these three areas, right? Our sense of self, our needs and struggles, our relationships are oftentimes big areas of distress if we have distortions or conflict or doubts. And so today I want to discuss some questions that arise in the first of these three components, the self. And over the next few weeks, I'll explore additional questions that come up in the areas of needs of brokenness and healing relationships. So this concept of self is oftentimes linked to our self-esteem and self-concept. If you're unfamiliar with these terms, our self-esteem is what we feel about ourselves and our self-concept is what we think about ourselves. So in modern psychology, Self-worth or our value, the value that we place on ourselves is made up of these things, our thoughts and feelings, whether they are negative or positive. If my thoughts and feelings about myself contribute to the currency of my personal value, though, then what I think and feel is really important. (laughs) And I think it's challenging because in the church, I think we tend to shy away from talking about self and I'll get to that in a little bit. But in therapy, something that we do often explore is learning that our earliest memories and messages from our upbringing are largely impact the sense of self. And so far too often, though, as I sit with clients and reflect on scripture's depiction of our worth and value, I also hear themes of guilt and shame and self-hatred and feelings of worthlessness and questioning of value. And although there's many sources and beliefs and feelings that contribute to this, I want to focus specifically today on the misconceptions surrounding our Christian view of worth and value. What I have seen and even experienced 
is that in attempts to not minimize the reality of sin, some Christians overemphasize our unworthiness. And in doing so, I think what can happen is we can then have a negative view of humankind. And this dismisses the central message of the gospel, right? That we are God's creation made in his image. And therefore we embody intrinsic value despite our repeated attempts to be independent from God. So the question that comes to mind in this framework is one that I come back to time and time again. And it's how are we measuring our worth? I think there is a significant clarification that needs to be made here before we dive into this question, though, because in many ways, I think we use the words worth and worthiness interchangeably when the definition is very different. Our worth is our value, while our worthiness is our merit. It's earned or it's based on what we deserve. So with this definition in mind, It is easier to identify how we might be measuring our value when our worthiness is contingent to our value or our value is contingent to our worthiness, then things can get really challenging, right? When we place our sense of value on our ability to earn something or to be able to achieve something, success or people's approval or positive opinion, we are then dependent on our worthiness for a sense of worth. And as we know, these types of contingencies often fail because our goodness or badness, our ability or inability, our strengths and our weaknesses perpetually remind us of the reality of our unworthiness, not our worthlessness. Two different things, right? Dr. Kristen Neff, well-known author and associate professor in educational psychology at the University of Texas, notes the fallout of placing our self-worth on worthiness. She explains this, our sense of self-worth bounces around like a ping pong ball and rises and falls in lockstep with our latest success or failure. This is so true, isn't it? We see how we synthesize this contingency in our Christian beliefs also in many ways. We can fall into the workspace spirituality model that bases right standing with God on one's compliance or performance rather than dependence and reliance. We can become consumed with doing for God. Then we neglect being with him and think out of service for him is what generates his love for us. And we can also become consumed with guilt and shame, which often leads to hiding our needs and brokenness from God and others due to the belief that our worthiness is based on a lack of need rather than the reality of our need. And we'll discuss this in the next episode. But in all of these areas, we can see how contingencies of value based on self impact us negatively, right? I tend to see this in a continuum of sorts, right? We have self-absorption or self-righteousness on one end, and then we have self-hatred or inadequacy on the other, worthlessness, right? As Mark explained last week, it's not that we never fall into one of these extremes because we're human and we do, but our awareness of them is vital for emotional and spiritual health, right? We, We want to move away from the extremes of this continuum. Mark explains in his book that... The goal here is to accurately understand ourselves enough to stop worrying about whether we are bad or good, right? So if we have self-absorption, we're really focused on being good. And if we have self-hatred, we're really focused on our being bad. But this is where the challenge lies. You know, this is where we can start measuring our worth as people. 
maybe you can ask yourself this question. What are you measuring your worth by? Where do you fall in this continuum right now? Because if we are using ourselves as a measurement for our value, we're going to feel a perpetual pain that we can't ever measure up. And I ask my clients frequently, what is their measurement for worth or how do they identify this measurement for any expectation that they set in their life? And oftentimes it is a structure that we create, whether based on our own ability or the ability of others to validate our worth and value. But I love how Jesus explains this concept in Matthew 6. He likens our worth to treasure. I don't know if you're familiar with this passage, but he says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I've heard an explanation on this passage that I thought was so powerful. You know, Jesus explains two specific things. One, that our worth is our treasure. And what we treasure, what we find valuable in this life is where our heart will be. And so our identity, our sense of self is contingent on where we find our treasure, right? So where is our treasure? Where are we placing our worth and value? What I think is so powerful about this is that if we place our treasure in anything but the sufficiency of God and his truth about who we are in him, made of him and like him, we will find quickly that we are insufficient. Why is this important to our emotional and spiritual formation? I think it can be seen in many ways, the impact that this type of view and focus can have for us, the benefits, we'll call them. First, I think it really helps us to know our worth, right? To identify this treasure is found, our worth and value is found in our connection to God-likeness. And it allows us to move past ourselves in so many ways, right? Past ourselves in the sense that we are not so focused on effort and work. It's not based on us, but it's placed on us. You've heard that phrase before, maybe. And this allows us to be free from this contingency of finding my worth and value or achieving my worth and value. I mean, I talk about this so frequently with my clients and with my friends of how easy it is in our culture, right, to focus on what we have to do in order to be loved rather than focusing on who we are and how that is our lovedness, right? What is true about us that makes us lovable. And the second thing I think shifts this as well, in addition to knowing our worth and allowing it to help us move past ourselves, it also provides us with a different motivation in doing things, right? How often do we do things out of obligation, our need for affirmation and acceptance and love? And this creates a huge conflict sometimes in our emotional well-being and in our spiritual understanding right? If we are doing for God so that we'll be loved for him. And so this different motivation is working and serving and loving from love rather than for love. And so I think the final way we can see this benefit of acknowledging our intrinsic worth to God is by recognizing that in doing so, we have this new focus or this new, I would say, source for our belovedness. And it's it's God himself, right? If we are made in God's image, then I kind of think of it as this 
movement to and from God. The closer we get to God, the more we reflect him and the more we see and acknowledge and experience and embody our imageness of God. I think of this as a drawing from and being thirsty for the embodiment of the spirit and how this changes the way we do everything. It's not something I have to do or be better at. Even in our spiritual growth, I think we can get in the mindset, right, of this work mentality. Oh, I have to grow in the fruits of the spirit. Well, Yes. How do we grow, though, in the fruits of the Spirit? Is it by just trying harder to be patient or kind? Or is it embodying our God-given worth and acknowledging that only God within us, that the house is the Holy Spirit, can draw from His power to pour out into others and into the way we live and breathe? And so I see this as such a formation process as we become more aware of who we are as made in the image of God, and then we are able to move past ourselves to this new motivation, we are able then to embody God for his glory and the good of others. So maybe this is new. Maybe this idea of your worth being separate from your worthiness is a completely new concept to you. And if it is, I want to give just two simple practices that can help us grow in our awareness of our worth to God and how we cultivate that new way of living in our lives. And so first, I think the biggest thing that we can take away from all of this is that we don't know our worth until we are told, right? When we think of this externally, people tell us that we have worth to them by communicating love and affection and acceptance. And the same can be true for God in our relationship. And so from a spiritual perspective, I think we can look to God's words to explore our worth. And so this can look like Bible study. This can look like prayer and journaling. This could even look like going into scripture and reading through how God sees you. You know, he says that he delights in us and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made creations of him and that he longs for us and that he is jealous for us. And these, this language is so moving because it reminds us of our lovedness, not because of what we do or don't do, because scripture is clear that we can't earn God's love. It just is. It's, it says in scripture, right, that God's love was first. He loved me first before I could love him back. And so explore your worth through God's words. And then I would also encourage you to move past yourself in this practice of expressing these truths to others and in others' lives. Something that I think can be so powerful in our lives is communicating truths that are not based on worthiness to others. So what does it look like to communicate to your friends and your family, to your siblings and to your children? You are loved not because you got a good grade on your test or because you are making more money or because you look amazing today, but you are loved and chosen and cared for and valued because you are a child of God. And because of that intrinsic thing that we can't get away from, that is your foundation for being loved. And reminding each other of this can be so powerful. And we see this in scripture, right? The, the one another is building each other up. It says in Hebrews that we are to daily exhort one another. And so this is the practice, both for ourselves to communicate to ourselves the worth that we have and then to share it with the world. So I hope this can be a helpful practice as we keep exploring these themes of self, need, and healing relationships. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarkwilliam.com. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.